Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Jake Scott hanging out with you at Little Caesars in Vineyard, 554 North Mill Road. It's right off of I-15. Very easy to find. Brand spanking new location, and it's uh, great to be out here. So come out, visit us. They do have a drive through so if you want to uh, grab your pizza pie that way, uh, it's very easy to do. And, of course, uh, they're going to relaunch their promotion uh, when the Jazz resumes, when the Jazz win, you win. Uh, free pepperoni, extra mo- most bestest pizza with the, per- uh, the purchase of a custom round two-topping pizza online. So excited that's coming back because everybody, of course, loves free pizza. All right. Let's uh, catch up with our college football expert. Let's jump out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, uh, he's the host of College Football Country podcast. He hosts a show on WFNZ in Charlotte as well as Sirius and XM College Football Radio. He's our friend Josh Parcell with us here on the big show. Uh, Josh, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How about yourselves? You know what? Uh, I'm doing great, except for I'm supposed to be leaving for the Outer Banks in two weeks, and I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, the uh, sounds like a lot of people are cutting down on travel these days. You, the Big Ten, the ACC, everybody. <laughs> well, let's that, uh, let's. Ta- you, oh, sorry. Go yeah, ahead, Gordon. I, I just wonder, Josh, do you think that that's there's going to be just a domino effect straight across in that regard? Yeah, no question. Uh, it felt like it was just a matter of time. When one conference makes the call, it, it feels like every other conference is going to make the call. I know it, the reports are that the ACC has already informed its teams that it plans to go to a conference-only schedule. The Big Ten was the first one to do it, as we said, but uh, everybody else is probably going to follow suit. And It makes sense. I, I felt for a while like this was a distinct possibility and then you get to the last week or two and you, you see that some of the reports of what's coming out of these campuses with certain schools having to shut down workouts. And you just know that it, there's no real end in sight. And with the way the NCAA is set up, you, know, you don't have a commissioner. You don't have one governing body that controls all of these different leagues, whether it's Power Five or otherwise. So it, it's not like the NBA. It's not like the NFL where you have one commissioner – the, the league has the same set of standards, uniform guidelines across the board. It's just hard to kind of manage. So it makes sense that they're going to go to this conference-only schedule. I hope and pray that we keep a conference-only schedule. I mean, who knows if, if that will even happen. But uh, I, it only felt like a matter of time, honestly, that uh, we, it would come to this. Josh Parcell with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Josh, you're there in the middle of ACC country. What's the plan with the ACC and Notre Dame, do you think? Yeah, so what I had seen today is that the ACC has, I guess they told us several reporters, Brett McMurphy, David Teal, who covers the ACC uh, out of Virginia, Swafford told those guys that their plan was to include Notre Dame, which is really interesting, right? I mean, Notre Dame has this partnership with the league. They've played five ACC games every year. 
if they now are going to this you know, modified schedule, I would imagine that that will include more games for Notre Dame, and uh, it will be an expanded schedule for them against the ACC teams, which is quite interesting. I mean, I know you guys are right there in the backyard of BYU, who has no such agreement and has at least, well, I think it was five or six minimum, you know, power five opponents on their schedule this year. So, you know, those independents, particularly BYU and Notre Dame, who play a, a national schedule, are in a bit of a bind right now. And uh, I don't really know what the solution is going to look like, but especially for Notre Dame's case, I mean, giving them those games against the ACC is going to be paramount for them having a season. So, Josh, let me back up to what you were saying before. If if two of the major concerns uh, for playing games that aren't in conference are travel and and uniform testing, Jake and I were talking about this earlier. Couldn't those things be solved? I mean, the travel thing I get, although some of the non-conference games, you look at, say, an Iowa State in Iowa. I mean, the travel is not an issue there. But if 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 there are two teams that have the financial backing to be able to have uniform testing, then why can't that be accomplished? It seems like that wouldn't be that difficult, would it? The the only reason that I can think of off the top of my head is the complications with scheduling, right? Because some schools are going to play conference games earlier in the season or later in the season, and it can get really dicey if you needed to move games around. By keeping it to the conferences only, you basically give the conferences a little bit more control to, let's say, for example, they need to pause games for one week or, or even one specific game and move it to a later date. It's a little bit easier to do that when you're only responsible for your conference. You don't have to worry about your non-conference games or the non-conference opponents or who are they playing a different week. So it just can become very complex very quickly. So I, I, I would have to think that that's why it just gives these conferences a lot more control, which, again, you know, in a professional league like the NBA or the NFL, I mean, they're control of everybody's schedules. That There's one body that's in charge of all of it and can move stuff around if they have to. Like, for example, the NFL, uh, they scheduled every week three game this year where the team that you're playing in week three has the corresponding bye week later in the season. So it gave them somewhat of an out if they needed to move something around. College just doesn't have that kind of mechanism. So that'd be my best guess as to why they didn't do that. But it is a shame that you're going to lose some of those geographic rivalries. You mentioned Iowa, Iowa State, Florida, Florida State. I mean, Clemson, South Carolina, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch of, of those interconference rivalry games that, as of right now, I don't know if we're going to get them. And, and games that you would look forward to. Like, I would, one game I really thought was interesting is Oregon-Ohio State. And then that, that's yeah. too bad that that can't – I wish they were away. But if conference – you mentioned the scheduling. That's something I hadn't really thought of. Because if you're going to go conference only, you might be adding games that you ordinarily wouldn't be scheduled to play, right? And so – Exactly. And that gets, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, exactly. That That's going to be the tricky part for these schools is you're going to see them have to completely reshape some of the schedules. I mean, gosh, I, I really don't know, like, what they'll do, but I could see a world in where teams, or, or rather conferences, scrap divisions and just try to play a more of a round-robin format. I mean, the Big 12 has been doing that with only 10 teams, and it works well, but maybe they try to do some fashion of that in uh, – you know, in the other conferences, I, I don't really know. I think I don't know that the, the commissioners know either. This is completely uncharted territory. 
So with that in mind, uh, simply because we've never seen this before, uh, what is the likelihood of college football even happening in your mind? Is it is it good? Is it bad? Where are you on that? I, I, I'd be lying if I said I feel like it's better than 50-50. I mean, just we seem to be keep kicking the can down the road at this point and hoping that, you know, this solution will be the final solution. But with everything that's been changing so rapidly across the country, it's, it's impossible to predict what this is going to look like a month from now. And, I mean, the difficulty for me is just thinking about, you know, some of these campuses are already shutting down for the fall and, and going to online only or predominantly online. And, you know, if more schools do that, especially in states like Florida, Texas, other states where, you know, they're dealing with significant outbreaks right now, if they don't feel comfortable bringing students back to campus, I, I think it's going to be really difficult for them to be able to have a, a real college football season. And I know that the, the spring football idea has been tossed around a lot. I just don't know that that's very feasible. I mean, I guess as an absolute last resort, they could try to put together some form of a season, but you'd see a lot of players who opt out of playing that you, in order to prepare for the NFL. And it just could be a really bizarre season, but, yeah, I, I would say 50% is as high as I'm willing to go right now if, if we're going to have a season at all. Josh, do you think there are regions of the country and thereby make conferences, however you want to view it, where the the importance that's put on football, beyond the financial concerns, and I know there's a whole lot of that all across the country, but will, will there be some regions that will say, come hell or high water, virus or not, we're playing football this fall, and we're going straight ahead. We're going to do it even if the science says slam on the brakes. I don't think so. I, I think if you'd asked me that two months ago, I would have thought perhaps the SEC, um, just because of how much is at stake with the SEC uh, in terms of the, the money that, that those schools generate for the conference, and also the fact that up until about a month ago, the southeastern part of the country was doing pretty well in terms of handling the virus and not letting it spread and, be, and, and grow into outbreaks. But that isn't the case anymore. I, I just don't see a world in which this, the conferences are going to blow through. I mean, let's keep in mind that a lot of these conversations and decisions are being made in conjunction with these state governments. And a lot of state governments now, I mean, even in places like Florida, where they had been so hesitant to, to crack down in, in the early stages, now are being incredibly strict with their regulation. So if these state governments are cracking down on large gatherings and travel and things along those lines, I would have to think that they're going to step in. And if, uh, if, if a conference wanted to blow through those you know, recommendations, I, I would think that the governments would step in if, uh, if it came to that. So let me follow that up with, uh, with one question. You said when uh, the odds on having a football season, you said no better than 50-50. If you were a betting man, Josh, would you bet no, they're not going to have it, or yes, they will? I wouldn't want to put a lot of money on the line that they will. I'd be nervous about that. That's, that's for sure. It, it's Like I said, I mean, at best, it's a, it's a coin flip. So I lean towards betting no, um, just, just based on the way things have trended, uh, you know, over the last few, few weeks. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, these kids that are 18 to 22 years old, they're not as susceptible to the virus um, that we know of. But at the same time, they could pass it along to a coach or a support staff or a professor or someone that they 
see in a restaurant or anywhere that they interact with in their life. I mean, you can't just completely quarantine these college kids. We've already seen you know, a place like Kansas State where the kids went to a party and contracted the virus. I mean, trying to keep 18, 19, 20-year-old kids under a complete lockdown just isn't really realistic. So in that, with that in mind, like I said, the, the conference schedule only that they've, or some schools are announcing today is a great plan, contingency plan for now. But, man, it, it just doesn't feel like that could even hold. But I'm hoping that it does. Well, Josh, if we have a season, whatever that season yeah. may look like, is there a, a team or two in the Pac-12 you like? Yeah. I mean, man, excuse me, how about this? I mean, do the Pac-12 only playing against one another? I can't wait to see how they play out a, a playoff because the Pac-12 has <laughs> kind of been hurt in the, in the, in the past with a four-team playoff. Maybe they expand it to, to give every conference a shot. I really, I'm excited about Arizona State. Honestly, I really liked Jaden Daniels last season as a freshman. I know they lose Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver, who I thought was tremendous. Maybe the best wide receiver Nolan was talking about. Well, some people were talking about him, but not in the way they were about Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. But Ayuk was a great player. But I love Jaden Daniels coming back there. He kind of reminds me of watching Tyrod Taylor back in the day at Virginia Tech. Just a great athlete who has a good arm, but clearly has a long, you know, a lot of room to grow. I think Arizona State could be a dangerous team in the Pac-12 South and maybe challenge USC. So I got my eye on them, and then I, I would love to see, you know, what Oregon can do with uh, replacing Justin Herbert. If, if they can get good play at quarterback, Oregon is the type of team that could, I think, be a dark horse threat in a normal year to make the playoff and, and make a little run. Wait, Jake, did you just ask a football question? I did, yes. I thought I'd make some football in there. <laughs> I. I I wanted to ask you, uh, Josh, about uh, the kid that uh, Utah has at quarterback coming from South yeah. Carolina, Jake Bentley. Uh, what can you tell our listeners about him? Uh, great leader. Everybody at South Carolina spoke volumes about his attitude, his leadership, even throughout last year when he was benched for a freshman. He didn't develop the way South Carolina fans wanted him to. He was great as early on in his career, and he just never really quite – improved and that's been a that's been a kind of a black mark on will muschamp's resume going back to florida is he's had talented quarterbacks and he hasn't been able to develop them they haven't been able to get better throughout their career so the natural talent is there for bentley he's not a guy who you know he's not going to remind you of patrick mahomes or anything back there but in the offense that i think that kyle whittingham wants to run he's going to be an efficient quarterback if you, uh, if you don't ask him to do too much. And I know replacing Zach Moss in the backfield is going to be a, a big task for Utah. And if they can establish a good running game, I think Jake Bentley is the kind of guy who he won't necessarily lose you games. He may not win them on his own, but with the right system, a great defense and a good running game, which is absolutely Kyle Whittingham's calling card, I think Jake Bentley can, can be a, an effective quarterback for them. He hosts a show on WFNZ in uh, Charlotte, also college sports on Sirius XM, as well as uh, the College Football Country podcast. Josh Parcell with us. And, Josh, I want to ask you about Gary Anderson. He, he, uh, his first year back at Utah State was last year with, with Jordan Love, but some mixed results. But he's a, a coach who had success at Utah State and is coming back, not unlike Mac Brown at North Carolina. I'm, I'm curious to your thoughts on coaches going back to where they've had previous success. Well, before last year, I would have told you it's a bad idea, but Matt Brown has certainly proved otherwise. 
I mean, what he did at North Carolina was great. And normally I like injecting new life into a program. Uh, there are some benefits to bringing back an old coach. You know, familiarity with the high school staff is a, is a huge thing, or high school staff, plural, in the state is a huge thing. Being able to recruit the area is a big deal. And, you know, and for Gary Anderson, going to a school that's unique like Utah State that's a little bit smaller, not in a recruiting hotbed, he just has an understanding, a foundation of knowledge about how to win at that program. I don't mind it. I, I don't mind. I think Anderson certainly had a ton of success at Utah State the first time around. So I wasn't a believer in Mac Brown when he was hired at Carolina. I thought it was a lazy hire. <laughs> this guy's been out of coaching for five or six years. I in no way, shape, or form expected them to have a top five recruiting class a year later, but here they are. He's done a great job at hiring a great staff, and it has worked out for him. So you put the right staff around you and, and you recruit, it, it can work, and it's, it's certainly working for Mac right now. We'll see how that uh, plays out for Gary Anderson. Josh, I know you don't cover high school sports, but uh, maybe occasionally there's an issue that comes up that you talk about on your radio show or whatever. But I wanted to get your thoughts since we were talking about this as it pertains to college football. Uh, the Utah yeah. High School Activities Association, uh, they've decided to uh, plan for all the fall sports when uh, when school starts up again uh, in, in the fall here, or just in a few weeks, really. Uh, I I wonder about that a little bit. What are your thoughts? And uh, Jake, I'll ask you about this at some point, too, but I... Do you, does that sound like a smart idea? Not really. I mean, again, this is I, – I, I don't know that I'd be, be comfortable making a, a call about it today. That's the thing. Like, we keep asking this, and we've asked it – I mean, I'm sure you guys are asking it every day. We're asking it every day. Going back to April, what is a college football season going to look like? What's a high school football season going to look like? Are we going to have one at all? And this thing keeps changing. I, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable today – saying that they shouldn't play, but I don't know that I should go ahead and say they absolutely should. I just I don't know all of the details about what's going on in, in Utah specifically with, with how you guys are dealing with the outbreak, but not, not it does well. feel – Well, if, if that's the case, then, yeah, it, it just feels dangerous to me because it's not just about the kids playing the game, but are you going to allow fans, are you going to allow parents to show up to these games? And obviously the travel is still a big issue, riding on buses and – whatnot it's just it's a lot man i don't know it it feels like just playing football and guys running into one another for two and a half three hours is not what we should be doing right now (laughs) just i mean i love the nfl's announcement uh that today they're not going to allow players to swap jerseys after the game like you're going to let them tackle each other for three hours but we're not going to let them change jerseys after the game and shake hands like it just feels like we're headed towards uh no football season at all or I'm at least pushing it back a ways. And with high school, I don't know. I mean, my gut instinct is to say that high school would be tough to push it back. But then again, I mean, it's not like these kids are going to the NFL in the spring. Maybe you could do a high school football season, you know, bridging the gap between winter and spring if you had to. I don't know. That's, That's an interesting thought I hadn't really considered before. Well, Josh, we appreciate you dropping by as always. Thank you, sir. Of course. Talk to you guys soon. It's our friend Josh Parcell, College Football Country Podcast, WFNZ in Charlotte, as well as uh, Sirius XM Radio, their college sports uh, network. So good to uh, to check in with Josh there. 
What do you make of that high school thing? They, they've decided to continue making plans. I don't know what that means exactly. but You want to dive in? Let's dive into that coming up next, shall we? All right. All right. Good. It, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. I'm live from Little Caesars right out here in Vineyard, 554 North Mill Road. Come see us, of course. The hot and ready pizzas uh, are absolutely the best, and they're excited uh, to announce the continuation of their program uh, that they did throughout the jazz season. It's coming back with the jazz season. When the jazz win, you win a free pepperoni, extra most bestest pizza. With the purchase of a custom round two-topping pizza online, you can download their Little Caesars app. Uh, the app is the easiest way to pizza. They have a drive through here at this location. Stop, grab dinner for the family here at Little Caesars in Vineyard, right by the uh, brand beautiful new Megaplex uh, theaters. All right, well, have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott hanging out with you live at Little Caesars here in Vineyard. Come see us, 554 North Mill Road. We're just right off the freeway in Vineyard, right behind the um, Larry H. Miller Megaplex. Beautiful new location for Little Caesars. Stop on by and pick up your hot and ready pizza. Download the app, order online, do the drive through So many easy, easy, easy ways to get your family fed with our friends here at Little Caesars. All right, Gordon, uh, you brought it up with Josh Parcell. Uh, some news today coming out of the Utah State High School Activities Association. Their board of trustees voted unanimously to go ahead with fall sports as originally scheduled. Uh, that, that sounds a little bit more definitive than what they actually did, Gordon. They really just, this was kind of a pass the buck kind of thing mm. where they're, they're, handing it off to individual community schools, et cetera. And we can dive into that a little bit, but your overall thoughts on, on what happened today. Well, I, you know, I guess anything can be canceled when it needs to be, but I, I just the prospect of high school kids playing football uh, under these conditions seems uh, risky uh, to me based on the information that I read every day. And and I, I don't know whether it's really going to happen or not. But when you think of everything that goes into athletics, everything that goes into sports, the practices, the the lack of social distancing, I, I just I, I'm 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 not sure how in the world they're going to pull this thing off. Well, I don't know if they know, to be honest. Um, and what I I read into today's activities is they don't want to be responsible for it, which which I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the Utah State High School Activities Association not dictating policy. Mm. Um, and, and the whole premise really is, is if kids can go to school, then kids can participate in, in school athletics. And I, and I get that. If the, if the law of the land, the, the health departments that are uh, responsible for uh, these particular schools uh, find a way for them to do it, I'm, I'm fine with that. And I'm, I'm fine with the High School Activities Association saying we're going to take it, we're going to put it in your hands because we're not going to make the decision for you. I'm, I'm actually fine with that. Put the, the decision in the health department's hands. 
No, I, I actually think that makes a lot of sense. Hey, let me ask you this. If you were a parent of a kid playing football and they were you had a 16-year-old, would you want them out on the field practicing and playing football? Um, I don't know, uh, Gordon. I guess, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I, I will say this. I, I guess I would, I would like to make that decision for myself, I suppose. Um, and I'd like to make the, the decision with the, the correct uh, relevant opinions. Um, what do you think about youth sports, Gordon? Because youth sports are very much happening right now. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think the time is right for it. But, um, I mean, uh, you know, whose responsibility is it to, to shut down youth sports? You know what I mean? Like, it, the, the decision makers, you may not agree with their decisions, but let's, let's put the decision in the hands that the decision should be made. That's my only point. But, okay, so do you think that your average parent out there will go along with whatever is approved uh, and just say, okay, well, if they've approved it, then that must be safe. So go ahead and play, son. Um, or do you think mo- there will be a lot of cases if it is approved to be played that uh, that that, that uh, parents will intervene and say, no, son, under these conditions, you're not going to do it. I don't know. You know, I don't know, Gordon, what, what goes through the mind of, of parents when it comes to something like this with a, with a kid at that age. Listening to, mm-hmm. listening to Hans Olsen talk about it, Hans is, it seems to me, and I don't want to speak for him, so Hans, feel, feel free to call in if I'm misrepresenting you, but it, it seems to me Hans is very grateful for his kids to have an opportunity to participate in their sports uh, throughout all of this. Again, I don't want to speak for him, but he seemed comfortable with the idea to me listening to, to his show today. So I don't I don't know if I'd make that same decision if I were in the in in Hans's case, but and I don't know why exactly he feels that way, but I I'll validate his feelings as a parent. I want it's just that's intriguing because I wonder whether there will be enough kids available to do it, even if it is available to be done. Now this is just a, a completely. Uh, observational uh, opinion, Gordon. This is completely anecdotal, but seeing some of uh, what's going on out there with youth sports and stuff like that, I think there are going to be plenty of people playing. Hmm. They're already playing. They're already practicing. They're already doing all that stuff. It's already happening. I wonder what. Uh, I wonder how families who would make their kids available for that kind of thing would feel if they. If the parents are a little older or if there's regular contact with grandparents, other other uh, older family members. Well, I'm sure they're all dealing with their own unique personal situations, right? I mean, how much testing we talk about testing in college football, how many how much testing would be done in high school football? None. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Yeah. None. I mean, they, they can't afford to test anybody so, two, so, three well, times the, a week. None. So if we don't think it's, it's questionable that it's okay for college-age students to participate, then why would anybody think it's a good idea for junior sports kids to be out there participating? Ah, but you've hit at the hypocrisy of it all, right? 
So the NBA is under a microscope. They know that, so they come up with this hyper-aggressive plan. College sports are under the microscope, and they know it, so they're currently adapting, right? High school sports kind of under the microscope, and we saw what we, we did today. But like club soccer, for example, nobody cares. So it's just go for it. Why does anybody care about this? Am I because over- they want to play. They want to. They want their kids to play. To this doesn't this seem like that's a bad idea. Um, it, it may to some. It, it may not to to others. I mean, I I don't know, Gordon. You asked me how I would feel. I I guess I I really wouldn't be particularly uh, excited about it. I guess I suppose. But I'm I'm not in those in those parents' shoes. And I do. And I will say this. I there. I I think there's an extraordinary amount of value to youth sports and high school sports, and I think it benefits lives, I think it changes lives, and I think all of that stuff is is very important. Um, I don't know uh, how I would balance that out in my own mind with my own child, but there's whether we like it or not, there's there's certainly a difference of opinion out there. And right now, kids, I mean, we're, we're talking about, oh, should college football do it? Well, I'll tell you what, kids are already doing it. It's already happening. So if we're worried about this this big wall bubble, should it happen, should it not, it's happening. Uh, okay. I mean, that, that just seems odd to me. Given I understand the value of youth sports. I mean, I've, I've experienced that at, as both a, a participant and as a, as a parent. Big time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and as a grandparent. But I, under these circumstances, I think that changes a whole lot, and I, I, I don't, I just, I don't know. It just seems like a bit of a cavalier attitude about the the uh, greater good of our community, let alone the individual good of uh, a kid or a kid's family. And this is, I'm not trying to rule the world here. I'm just saying, are, are, is this something that's crossing people's minds? Is it something that they're thinking about, or are they just, oh, go ahead. There's no, there's no problem here. Get on out there, son, or get on out uh, there. Uh, you know, I, I, whoever the case. I, is. I feel pretty comfortable with the opinion that the vast, vast majority of our listeners, it's right on the top of their mind, one way or another. Hmm. Well, it should and, be. And th- these are all concerned decisions that that. People are making very, uh, very painstaking stuff. Gordon, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. tough. It's tough on everybody. And uh, I know sometimes the 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 loud voices of um, of uh, ignoring the whole problem. Sometimes they're a little louder than they should be. But I think most everybody is considering the 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 circumstance. And you know, some some are coming to more uh, other outcomes. Okay, to to narrow this conversation back to high school for a mm-hmm. second. I'm fairly comfortable with the concept of if we're finding a way to get kids back into the classroom, then we can find a way to get kids back playing sports. I, I, I buy into that logic. So well, if, what, if what about, the, what the about what we just what about what we just heard from Josh talking about players slamming into each other, players sweating on each other, people uh, players being up in each other's faces? I mean, what about that? That all happens. I mean, that that yep, that's part of the game. So is so is bumping into somebody at the store. You know. Yeah, but I mean, how many people are the, bumping into each other at the store? It seems like the, when you're when you're at the store, people are staying a substantial amount of feet away from no, each other. I get it. I, I guess I'm talking about the the calculation of risk to live life. 
I mean, we can we can get focused on could something happen, but I mean, the truth is something could happen every moment of every day. Yeah, but so that, how that, much that, that, how much yeah, risk not, can we? Come on, Jake. It's a lot more likely to be spread when you're uh, repeatedly hitting one another and up uh, having contact over and over and over again, as opposed to once every two weeks bumping into somebody at a store. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. th- those. Yep. That's a, that's a calculation of life. That's what people are making. Uh, I'm not saying the risk is calculable. I'm just saying that there is risk. And that's the that's the negotiation everybody listening is making in one way or another. And so our the only opinion that matters, however, Gordon, is the government at various levels. That's the and, and getting back to the, the High School Activities Association, they essentially said that we want our high school athletes to do what they can and are allowed to do. And I'm mm-hmm. fine with them passing that buck. I really am. And if there's a, an orange spot because they got into the levels, if there's an orange spot and Judge Memorial can't host a football game, then you got to figure out a way around that. And that's essentially what they said. So... I mean, our our opinions are what they are, Gordon, but as you, you so eloquently alluded to at the beginning of the show, it's not up to us. It's up to elected officials. It's up to the governor, the legislature, uh, legislator, legislators, excuse me, the, the county uh, government, the city governments, you know, the, the health departments. That's that's who this decision lies in the hands of, whether you like it or not. So it won't be left in the hands of district uh, administrators. I bet they'll have a say as well. But all the high school activities association did today was get out of the way, <laughs> much like the NCAA has done. That's that's what the NCAA has done too. They just got out of the way, said, "Hey, we're, if that, we're not going to." Sorry, go ahead. That's a, I wonder if that's a liability issue. It very well could be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's it's in this intersection of a uh, of a pandemic. And uh, sports at a very ground sort of level uh, at a young age, athletes being out there doing this. I don't know how it's going to turn out, and, but I, I would, uh, I would proceed very carefully at this point with with what's happening in our state, which has been listed as one of the 25 hot spots in the world. That's right, Utah in the top 25 per capita. In the freaking world. Well, it's true, but people are playing sports. It's happening. Uh, you know, drive-by parks every day. It's going on. So, uh, well, you know, write your congressman, Gordon. Is that the theme to the se- segment? <laughs> Send an email. Well, Send yeah, an email uh, to your representative. Whatever you feel uh, you need to do. I much prefer well, I torches and pitchforks, but... Uh, there you, you can go. Send an email if you want. All right, Austin. Austin's in the the torch and pitchfork categories, <laughs> which I'd actually like to see uh, some sort of uh, filming if we could. If we could <laughs> I'm pull sure that it'll out. hit the news. If Do I, you yeah. have like a suit of armor at home, Austin? You could, uh, well. No, I, no suit of armor. No. Oh, all right. Watch out we'll for more... pour, watch out for him pouring that boiling hot oil over the walls of the uh, the fortresses. Okay. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next. Uh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, I'm live at the Little Caesars right out here in Vineyard. 
Come see us, 554 North Mill Road, right by the Larry H. Miller Megaplex. Uh, you get those hot and ready pepperoni pizzas, which I plan on taking one home. My wife, again, threatened me that I better not come home without crazy bread, so that's certainly happening. <laughs> uh, you can take advantage of their drive through download the Little Caesars app, and don't forget their big promotion when the Jazz win, you win with Little Caesars, is coming back with the Jazz season. A Mountain America market update is coming up next. What's going on at uh, 4 o'clock? It's the Big Show, 97.5 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're live today. Little Caesars here in Vineyard. Come see us, 554 North Mill Road. Come out and say hello. It is time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our friend Brian Washburn. What's going on, Brian? Hello. How are you guys today? We are doing great. How did the market do? Well, kind of a good news, bad news day. The good news, the NASDAQ had another record close. Uh, It was up uh, uh, about a half a percent. Uh, That's eight sessions in a row. Uh, the Dow was down, though. Dow was down about 1.4% um, or 361 points, and the S&P 500 was down 17 points or about a half a percent there as well. But the, the NASDAQ, with uh, help uh, from things like Apple and Microsoft and Google, uh, they continue to climb. Uh, any reason for the split like that? Well, the tech giants are kind of the ones that are driving the market right now. Um, we, we are in a recession, and so some of your smaller companies and mid-sized companies, they're still struggling, and that's what makes up primarily most of the S&P and, and, and things. But, uh, but the uh, tech giants, they continue to thrive. They continue to do really well. Any tips? Uh, anything else our listeners need to know? Sure. So we've always, we're always talking about the market, and that's kind of the sexy, romantic part of what we do. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, protection. So when people lose money, a lot of times they think it's because of a market decline, but the reality is more money is lost by not having protection areas in their financial plan than for any other reason. If you were to ask somebody, what's your most valuable asset? Most people would say their home or their investment account, but in reality, it's them, their ability to produce an income. And so insurances like car insurance and homeowners insurance and liability insurance and health insurance and disability insurance and and life insurance are all important part of a financial plan that a lot of times people they overlook that they just immediately go right into the uh, investments and 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 they don't really take into consider in consideration those other things so the tip is to make sure you visit with your financial advisor and review those different areas i mean even back in the medieval days they were smart enough to realize you don't build a castle without a moat and in football, you never have a quarterback without a without an offensive line, and so it's the same thing there. You got to have protection in place to make sure you don't lose your assets. Brian, thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. It's Brian Washburn from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America market update. Investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. 
All right, Gordon, coming up uh, on the rest of today's show, we've got what's going on right around the corner. We'll uh, hear from Joe Ingles on with uh, David James this morning. He reacted to the ESPN piece about Rudy and Donovan. And we'll uh, check in with Hanson Scotty, who had a conversation with Dennis Dodd about uh, what's going on and all the news breaking today in college football. So it should be a... It should be a pretty good what's going on. Then we've got Coach Chiesa joining us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. And we're supposed to have some post-practice jazz availability right there in the middle of the 5 o'clock hour. The jazz are currently practicing, Gordon. Yes, they are out there uh, working it, putting it together, ready, getting ready to go. I guess uh, getting settled in there uh, in Orlando. I still hope they put the scrimmages on TV. I haven't seen anything definitive about that <laughs> yet, but uh, I think that would be cool. I, I hope they put uh, uh, as much on TV as possible down there at that experience. Well, I, yeah. I, what else are they going to do? They might. They got the. They got the equipment there, right? Why not just turn it, turn it on? Turn on the cameras. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and yeah. in the common areas too. And in the hallways and the restaurants and <laughs> then Big Brother NBA version. Let's let's get it mic'd up. Um, you know, let's let's get some producers in there stirring up storylines, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm fine. What is what your you you do not strike me as a big reality TV guy? I think you've said no. that before. But is there a reality TV show you have you have embraced, or are you just out on the whole genre? Uh, I'd say probably The Bachelor. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I, I can't. Did I can't watch it. I can't watch it. I can't even be in the same room. I have to excuse myself if that stuff is on. I'm not I'm not condemning anybody who who wants to go ahead and watch it or get some degree of satisfaction out of, of watching a completely concocted love story, but uh, it's not for me. Austin, uh, what uh, what reality show do you like? Have you gotten it, or are you against it all? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with reality shows, but I do enjoy The Amazing Race, which is a game show reality show, uh-huh. if that makes sense. I love that, that show. But yeah. yeah, that counts. Uh, I have always loved The Real World. I love The Real World uh, Road Rules Challenge, and I will admit, that I did get into the Jersey Shore during its its short run. Why? I have, have not been able to get into any of the reboots, though. I just why I just can't why do would it. you do that? Uh, you know, Gordon. Sometimes sometimes television is so bad it's good. <laughs> I mean, you you uh, you got into the you admitted you got into a soap opera, didn't you? Talk about that yesterday. No, I never really got into it, but I did watch it every once in a while. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> It's the same reason you get into to, so it's not great television, but it's a running storyline and it keeps you hooked. It's really the same thing with sports if you think about it. Isn't that what we love most about sports? The running storyline, the drama, and true, there's some competition in there, but it really is kind of a reality show, right? Uh, I guess if you want to look at it that way, to me, I don't like the concocted aspect to it. Like this is all for TV. You know, I mean, at least with sports, you're you're doing it whether the TV cameras are there or not. You're uh, doing it for a, the competition. A, oh, I don't think so. They're doing it for the TV. They're doing it for the revenue. It's the same thing. Well, no, no. I mean, I understand that, but uh, money drives everything, almost everything in this world. But it, it, there's an authenticity to it that I think is lacking from some of these BS things. 
Now, Austin, yeah. uh, you, you like the Amazing Race. I, I like the Real World Road Rules Challenge, which I know you have also seen. Tell me there isn't some competition in those shows. That, the Real People World. People want to win. Right. The Real World Road Rules Challenge, that is an, a fantastic television show with filled with heated competition and drama and maybe some scripted stuff in there. But, hey, it's fun. But there is competition. There's a winner. Very a much so. Yes. We did a we did a fantasy football league to the real world road rules challenge, where we drafted players and created a scoring system. It was awesome. <laughs> back yeah, back was, in the day, Scotty did a, a podcast that made that. Do you remember extra mustard on Sports uh-huh. Illustrated? Yeah, they, they picked that up. Scotty was doing a road rules real world challenge podcast. I know. Awesome. It's incredible. What? Uh, who was it? Whose favorite show was uh, Naked and Afraid? That was Bronco. Oh, Bronco. That's right. Yeah. I, 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 that, to me, is about the last thing I'd ever want to do. Run around out in the jungle with a bunch of wild animals and uh, barefoot and naked. Does that sound like something you would want to do, Jake? It's just a naked man. Sure. I mean... What's the draw there, just to get back to nature? Well, do they win money or anything, or is it yeah, just I think it's, yeah. I, it's it's money and to be on TV. They're not doing it for fun. I don't. I, I, there's a lot of them, isn't there? Can't be that much money. Oh, they they get paid a, a flat fee, and then there's bonuses on top. Oh, but How they many... they don't. Let, there's not like a winner at the end of the season that gets a million dollars or anything like that. For Naked and I Afraid, yeah. I don't know. I've never seen the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I don't I, know either. Uh, has anyone th- taken their experience in reality TV and become a star? Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah. I mean, any oh, number okay. of musicians right. from those. Or or uh, The Miz started on Real World, on The Real World, and then was on The Challenge, and now he's a professional wrestler. Right, Austin? I, who? You know what I'm talking about? The Miz? I've never heard those words in that order in my life. <laughs> Google it. And, by the way, the Google. President of the United States, reality TV star. Hmm. All right. <laughs> that's a know. fact. Actually, that's a that's, really good point. <laughs> that's the most obvious answer to the question you just proposed. All right. I hadn't really thought of that. So dare to that dream, says kids. says a lot about our society. <laughs> I don't know, but that, I don't know what it says about our society. Survivor that, today, presidency that is tomorrow. A fact. Yeah, right. Exactly. You need to I, I, yeah. I've, okay. I, I just never really got into it. I remember I told you guys this back in 1989. I I was uh, trying to find out what the next big trends were, uh, and I talked to a TV producer, and they said, "Watch out for reality TV. That's going to be the next big thing." And I guess it was. Yeah, it's cheap to make. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Uh, we'll get into what's going on at the big show. I am live. From Little Caesars. Come see me. I'm in Vineyard, 554 North Mill Road in Vineyard. Come grab a a hot and ready pizza. Make sure you download the Little Caesars app. And don't forget the big promotions coming back with the Jazz season. When the Jazz win, you win. Free pepperoni, extra most bestest pizza with the purchase of a customer round. Two topping pizza. 
Uh, it's great. You have to do it online or through the Little Caesars app. Remember that. Download it. Super easy. There's 56 Little Caesars locations along the Wasatch Front, including the one we're at right now, 554 North Mill Road here in Vineyard. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.